welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. Each episode will have a different theme, and we'll talk about things that help to bring that theme to real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the heart or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. Mutts, it's been proven, are healthier dogs in general than dogs who are purebred. And we know that for sure. Mutts are more robust, they have healthier immune systems, and live longer lives than purebred dogs. That makes sense to me because it's really about following nature and her course and um, not forcing our human agenda on something wild and something that would occur in a natural way anyway without our intervention. And I want to take that idea of mutts versus purebreds and use it as an analogy for human learning and for our personal collection of beliefs and for our need to belong to something or somebody. And I want to break it apart and look really closely at the contents in terms of our modern world and our current situation. There are systems being presented to us on a regular basis that we're being asked to subscribe to, whole systems, big chunks of things. We are being coerced to buy hook, line, and sinker. So things like training programs and diets and wellness programs and even the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, um, various kinds of yoga systems and religions and different denominations within those religions and on and on and on. And some of these systems have more, more dogma or more intensity than others, more rules, and some have more space than others, but they all want you to think that without them, you're missing the thing that will complete you. And we're probably living in a time where there is more to choose from than in any other time in human history. And this is in part because of how quickly and how densely we get information of all kinds and how almost everything we can possibly imagine is at our fingertips, which of course extracts the idea of wonder. We don't wonder about things much anymore because we can access them. And something that I believe really helps in living a life that feels rich and purposeful and articulate and feels like your life is to be a mutt, to cherry pick from big systems, things that you love and resonate with, and not necessarily subscribe to these big chunks, hook, line, and sinker. I was, for a little while, some of you know this because you were studying with me um, years ago, I was for a little while a part of a yoga system called Anusara, and as it turns out, it was sort of, <laughs> it was sort of a yoga cult, Um, which I didn't really realize at the time. What I mean mostly 
by that is that once you were inside of it, you were kind of ushered along to believe that Anusara was superior to any other system and that you were very special to be chosen to be a part of it. And I bought it. And now, to be fair, the alignment that Anusara was founded on, I think, has some real value and has helped me find some significant clarity and strength in my body. And it definitely helped me get out of years of dancer pain. But the overall ask of this system was not just to enjoy and explore those alignment principles personally, but also in my teaching, but instead they were presented as absolutes, as hardened pieces of gold that did not allow for any other ideas or curiosity to be in the room. And yet, I still bought it. I taught it for several years. I was pretty dogmatic about it. Um with the encouragement of those teachers who had come before me in Anusara, despite sometimes the pit in my stomach and the lack of curiosity that was encouraged about anything that wasn't in that specific template, it was pretty elitist. And to tell you the truth, I bought that hook, line, and sinker because I wanted to belong to something. And it took, for me, it took the complete dissolution of the system because John Friend, who was the founder of Anusara Yoga, had some really troublesome sexual predator tendencies. And so it took that dissolution for me to actually begin to see the benefit of being a mutt. And so it was then, when that system cracked open, that I embraced that and I became a mutt. And what I did was, as I cherry-picked some of the beautiful alignment that has helped me and my students so much, and I took it with me, and I started to add other stuff, and I started to get really curious about other ideas outside of that template, a little of this and a little of that, and I became a cherry-picking mutt who was a happier and a better teacher, I think because I was practicing discernment and not just following a template. Cherry picking and being a mutt takes more work. That's the thing. It takes more work. Being a purebred that swallows the whole system, and even worse, defends that system under any and all circumstances, tends to perpetuate dis-ease. It's lazy, and it's easy, and it does offer a false sense of belonging. And maybe it's actually not a false sense, because you actually do belong to something. But it's something that you have not totally picked out yourself. And then that leads to your curiosity and to your freedom being squished into another person's mold. And this, I think, feels incredibly timely right now in this week's high-stakes election. And I'm recording this again without the final result. (laughs) I thought, sure, we would have it by the time I recorded this episode. But it looks like Biden will win. 
it looks like decorum and decency and respect and kindness will be restored in our leadership. And I think that now is the perfect time to sharpen our discernment skills, allow for a peaceful exhalation, and then get to work on the cherry-picking architecture of a leadership in a country that we can be proud of again. Sometimes we have to vote for the candidate who is positioned to make the highest impact and level of change, but we do not have to stop there and just swallow the whole. And it seems like an important time to not just sit back on our laurels and like eat a donut, but instead to ask questions and to keep perpetuating curiosity. There's this really beautiful idea I want to tell you about, and it's called the guru principle. And the word guru, of course, is loaded because most people associate that word with being an enlightened person or a teacher, teacher that you follow. But the word guru actually means anything that moves you from darkness into light. And that means anything. So on a given day, your guru could be a child's comment or getting to see a rainbow or someone crossing your path that performs a small kindness or what can happen to you when you close your eyes in the midst of an angry moment and take 10 deep breaths. A guru moment or a guru space could be a poem that someone sends you in the mail. A guru can be anything. It's like a beauty mark. Something that shifts you from sludge to something lighter or hopeful. It's something that cleans the windshield, even if it's just temporarily. The danger of buying things hook, line, and sinker, the danger is lethargy. The danger is a lack of curiosity and questioning and less innovation. And of course, the danger is stagnancy. A couple years ago, I stopped eating gluten because by trying it out, I recognized and realized that my joints felt better and the inflammation in my body lowered pretty significantly. I just felt better. I'm not allergic to it, but I felt better. However, if we, if we ever get back to eating supper <laughs> at each other's houses again, I think we will, but when we do, I've decided on a new construct for myself. And my friend Glenna shared this idea with me, and I just love it. If someone invites me to supper, I'm just going to eat whatever they offer. No restrictions, no rules. Because when someone makes food for me, I consider it an act of love and offering. And I want to leave all my love doorways open these days. So if you invite me over for supper after this pandemic is over, you can cook me anything you want. As seekers, we have to seek. We have to keep unpacking things. Even the things other people have said are good and right. We have to keep seeing for ourselves. Then we build individual belief systems that are made of conscious choices. And these personal spaces they become like fingerprints 
They are like no one else's. One of the things that I've cherry-picked from a bigger system that I don't buy hook, line, and sinker is that I love the liturgy and the ritual and the ceremony and the beauty of the Episcopal Church. It brings me back to being a little girl in Holy Comforter in the small little church in Montgomery, Alabama, and they used to, on the midnight service, Christmas Eve, they used to swing this big silver incense ball down the carpeted center aisle of the church. Um, And I just remember watching this majesty when I was a little girl. And this memory is one of the things that installed my love of ritual and sacred space. And I've learned to create that in my own life as an adult. And though I don't generally find God in church anymore, I have a very luminous relationship with prayer and my version of holy time and divine spirit. And those early memories of that liturgy and that ritual are paramount to my current spiritual life. And there's something that I, that I cherry-picked and that I pulled in because it was important to me. And then I began to really conscious, consciously construct um, what mattered to me in terms of that. Another place I don't subscribe to any absolutes anymore is yoga alignment. I listen to my body. I watch and I listen to other people's experience of their bodies when I'm teaching. And I tend to gather conclusions and ideas to teach based on curiosity and experiential movement and the study of anatomy and open-ended learning. And I, I no longer take history or textbooks or templates or absolutes and use them to defend the person person's experience who's standing in front of me. I listen, I listen, I listen so intently now. And that that is, I think, the main ingredient and the main action for being a cherry-picking mutt is you have to keep checking in because things might change. The system that you're constructing must remain fluid enough to move so that you can be honest about how things are checking out. My brother Benjamin was so good at this. He had such a clear compass when it came to what he subscribed to and what he didn't. And I remember this time vividly in high school with him and a group of his friends. Um, We're in the car, total punk rockers, a group of them, very cool people. And Benjamin, who also loved punk rock, um, and, and all kinds of music from all different genres. Um, Benjamin was such a collector of music. He popped in an old black gospel CD and turned up the volume. And the car got quiet. <laughs> and his friends stared at him. And one of, one of them said something snarky like, you like this? And he looked at them and he said, you don't? And he turned it up louder He was eclectic, and he was a mutt constructed of so many different things. And maybe that was my my favorite part about him. He was always, always pulling for the underdog and for the overlooked. And it was one of his great specialties. And I think he was my first real teacher in being a cherry-picking mutt now that I 
really can identify that. This way of being allows you to pick the best of what works for you and then discard the rest. You probably already do this. If you are an avid listener of this podcast, I am sure that some of the episodes you have cherry-picked to pull into your practice, and maybe others haven't resonated as much. This is healthy, this is expected, and this is something that I think we should all be doing. And anybody that tells you not to do that, or that they that they or their system has all the answers to fill the holes in your heart and in your body, then I suggest you run full speed in the opposite direction. When you pick things apart, a question you could ask is, is this amplifying my life? Is it clearing the windshield off? Is it bringing me from darkness to more spaces of light? We have to keep asking these kinds of questions. Did you hear that Pope Francis endorsed same-sex civil unions? (laughs) Such good news. Leaders, especially in high positions like this, that are willing to look at archaic ideals, dusty old ancient ways of thinking, and use their supreme leadership to shift the narrative and clean the windshield. This is what I'm interested in. A world where leaders of all systems continue to stay curious, to ask questions, to revise the manual, to listen to the actual humans who are here and alive and yearning to be heard. The opposite of an originalist, you might say. (laughs) There were things in Anusara Yoga that were taught to me as absolutes that I taught then at that time as absolutes that I now understand as it depends. Does the lower back need to be curved in all seated poses? It depends. That is not an absolute for me anymore. All bodies are different and the rules are fluid. The rules change from body to body and the systems we subscribe to should also reflect that. There's a movie uh, that I want y'all to see if you haven't. It's just really profound um, in terms of what I'm talking about. It's called Kumare. It's spelled K-U-M-A-R-E, Kumare. And I saw it some years back. And this filmmaker, Vikram Gandhi is his name, he impersonated a prophet. He sort of made this persona up. And he used a fake Indian accent And with very little effort, he glided around and got so many people to follow him blindly. He even said things to them like, I don't know anything. And they still super glued themselves to him as some kind of spiritual prophet. And some of them actually left their jobs and their home and they followed him around for months. And it was sad and amazing. Um... This experiment was just so fascinating to watch. And at the end, he filmed it. He, he told them about the experiment, and he came clean. And he came out in jeans and his New York accent, and he, it was just like 
absolutely gut-wrenching to watch them, the, his followers, receive this news. And even when he was telling them this, some of them wouldn't accept it. The belonging that we feel when we are part of something, hook, line, and sinker, is addictive and something that we as humans are so, so hungry for. We are ravenous to belong. And if someone even falsely appears to give a magic pill, a magic system, a magic group, a magic medicine to belong and to subscribe to, we almost can't turn away. It's so easy to put the whole thing in our cart and to press buy. And instead, what helps is we practice discernment. We cherry pick the sweet fruit from various systems that seem to work for us. And we build our own personal system of integrity and intuition and wisdom. I want to tell you something that I learned (laughs) just this year, embarrassingly. You probably have known it all your life. But I just learned this year that when you're at the grocery store, you don't have to buy the whole giant bag of grapes that are already pre-bagged and sitting out on the table when it's grape season that you can choose how many grapes you want to buy and you can move some grapes out or put some more grapes in into that bag and get whatever is ideal for you. This was like a big kind of whoa moment for me. Um, And I was thinking about yesterday, what if we did this with our leaders and our teachers and our prophets and our politicians and our yoga and our diets and our music and on and on and on? If we looked inside the bag that was being offered, that was being pushed, and instead of just did um, kind of the simplest, easiest thing and put the bag of grapes in the cart, that we went a little bit further to take something out or add something and make it particular to what what we need and what we believe in. And, And this requires that we not rest on our laurels. It requires that we ask for more than just the prepackaged solutions and the quick fixes. It requires that we do not only think outside the box, but that we consider that boxes are obsolete and that maybe we think about, um, instead of boxes, we think about having fluid shapes or spheres or overlapping triangles and organic and asymmetrical shapes that don't even have names yet. That our tool belt, that what helps us, what moves us, the music, the rituals, the way that God enters your prayers and your body, your food, the way you treat yourself, who and what you worship, your politics, and all of your choices, big and small, is your particular tool belt of things. Where there's some metal, there's some wood, there's some textiles, there's some things that are perishable. And all the things on that tool belt are subject to change, to erode, to die, and be reconsidered and rebirthed and revitalized in some way. We, as a society and as individuals, I think, will be healthier if we start to consider ourselves cherry-picking mutts. We will be better leaders 
who will encourage free thinkers and who are not scared. We will actually belong more to ourselves and to each other if we are laser active in this way. Today and ongoing. So review your subscriptions. Discard, reorganize, amplify what you are excited about and tear down what you are not. Get exactly the amount of grapes that you want for today and put them in a bag and never settle for simply swallowing the whole. Thank you so much, each of you, for listening um, and supporting me in this journey and this podcast. If you would like to become a patron, all of that information, how to do so, is on the show notes. Also, a treat for those of you who love music, my husband makes a a playlist to coincide with each one of these podcast episodes and they're all really good and they're all very different from week to week. And so I'll put a link to the Spotify um, account to where all of those playlists live all the way back to the first episode. If it feels right to you, please leave a review um, or a rating or subscribe to the podcast or all of those things and tell your friends and your family and pass on the word about things that will help. And I hope that you have a beautiful day. Take good care.